Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. And now, Father, we receive your word that you have for us today. We ask you, Holy Spirit, help, help it to be clear to us and plain, and then help us to, to not dishonor it at all, but to give it the highest place of honor by doing it after we leave here in Jesus' name. If you can agree with that, say amen. amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, today, what we're going to look at and what we're calling this is Jehovah Jireh, my source of provision. Jehovah Jireh, my source of provision. And we, maybe some of you remember an old song we used to sing, not extremely old, but you know, it's back there a little bit. Jehovah Jireh, remember? And my provider, his grace is sufficient for him. We break into Jewish dancing, you know. And, and anyway, uh, Jehovah Jireh, uh, where did that come from? Jehovah Jireh is one of the names that God gave us about himself. The names of God are really important for us because they actually tell us something about him. You may have, you know, a first name, a middle name, and a last name, and those names, if you studied them, may have a meaning in them, and whether your parents named you on purpose to carry that meaning, uh, maybe or not. But uh, where it comes to God, his names actually are a revealing. How, how do you even know God, massive God? Well, God gave us his names, some names that declare who he is so that we can uh, know how to interact with him. We know how to engage with him, and it tells us the truth about him. So Jehovah Jireh is one of those names. And in Genesis, the 22nd chapter, in verse 13, is where this name is mentioned. And it's only mentioned once in the Bible, but it is at a huge event. Because Abraham and Isaac have gone up to Mount Moriah where Abraham is going to actually um, uh, follow through with something that God told him to do and sacrifices his son Isaac. And uh, the reason why this is happening is because Abraham and God are in a covenant together. And through Abraham and Abraham's seed, is going to come, I know this is amazing, the Son of God is going to become flesh eventually through Abraham's seed or generations down the line. God is going to give his only begotten Son. And so the man that he's in covenant with here, um, Abraham, is, is having this opportunity to give his only begotten Son or his Son. Uh, Ishmael had been born, but his son. And so he went up to the mountain and is about to carry through with that commission when God said, no, stop. Don't do it. I see that you have, uh, uh, com you have committed in your heart to do what I've told you to do and obey. But um, I am, I have prepared something for you. 
And I want you to look here. It says, then Abram, Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. So God prepared this ram for this sacrifice. And Genesis 22:14 says, And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it will be provided or it shall be provided. Now, the Lord will provide those words that we see here in English. The Hebrew words of the Lord will provide is that declaration of this name of God, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh Jireh, Jehovah Jireh. God provides, is the provider. In the Septuagint, this also carries another meaning that says the Lord sees. Well, now that's an interesting thing. Let's look, if you can go take us back to uh, the definition of provision because this series is principles of provision or uh, provision principles. Let's look at what provision actually means. Uh, the, the definition of this word is an arrangement or preparation beforehand. As for the doing of something and the meeting of needs and the supplying of means. All right? So provision is something that is actually prepared beforehand. Well, we think about what happened on Mount Moriah and that God reveals himself as the Lord who does provide or he's able to see ahead and see what a need is and make provision for the need actually before you get there. Jehovah Jireh has this ability. Now, and he's the God who sees. Now, uh, it, we're able, we're capable of seeing where we are right now. You can look around in this room and see where you are right now. You can look back and maybe see where you've been. But none of us have the ability, I'm talking about in ourselves, to see the future. You can kind of guess and surmise and, and maybe take, um, get information and data from different people, try to come up with something, but nobody knows the future. You don't even know what's going to happen at the end of this day, let alone tomorrow or the rest of the week or the month or the year, or the next 10 years. You, don't, you can't see that. But there is one who does see. There is one who sees the rest of this day, who sees the rest of this week, and the rest of this year, and the rest of your life. And he is Jehovah Jireh, the one who sees and makes preparation for your future. He makes provision for the rest of your future. Isn't that a wonderful thing? This is our God. He is Jehovah Jireh. Now, so what we're looking at today is this Jehovah Jireh is my source of provision. He is the source of provision. But how we're going to look at today, 
How can he be my source of provision? Now, James 1, 17 says, and this is in the message, says every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. Hmm. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. Do you like that? I love what that describes about God. But notice that these gifts that come out of God are rivers, rivers of light, rivers of life. Revelation, the 22nd chapter and verse 1, uh, um, John, the beloved, the apostle John, saw this in a vision. He saw a river coming out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, and the name of that river was life. The gifts, the blessings that come out of God, the Bible says they make us rich and don't add any sorrow with it. There's sometimes uh, we have added things to our own life and they have made sorrow for us. But what comes out of God is life and adds no sorrow with it. And not only that, what we see described here in this picture and with these words and the fact that the, these, these gifts come out of God as a river is that God is a perpetual giver. Not just squirts of giving, not just, you know, maybe you just never know when God's going to do something nice. I hope one of those nice things come my way. No, these rivers of life, these rivers of light, these rivers of goodness that we were singing about earlier today, these goodness is perpetual, and it says cascading. That's not just a squirt or sometimes off, sometimes not. It is perpetual and ongoing. This is what is coming out of God. All right, Psalms, the 23rd chapter in verse 1 says this, and again, identifying the Lord as being our source. The Lord is my shepherd. And if the Lord is your shepherd, notice what the last part of the verse says. You just never know what's going to happen. The Lord is my shepherd, and one day you might be up, and the other day you'll be flat on your face. The Lord is my shepherd, and you never know where he's going to take you. He might just slam dunk you and bless you one day and strip you bare the next. It doesn't say that, does it? The Lord is my shepherd, and let's say the last part together. Here's the deal. If the Lord is your shepherd, if the Lord is your source, you get the last part of the verse. You won't want. All right? Can other things be your source? Yeah, and that's what we're going we're gonna to look at here. Now, this verse of Scripture also, just in saying that the Lord is your shepherd, also identifies, identifies Jesus as being the shepherd, but it also uh, then identifies us as being sheep. Yeah. Um, I think they're cute. Sheep are cute. Their reputation stops about right there. 
But, um, you know, Tony and I had, had dogs since um, we moved here. We got them straight away for the girls. We moved here in October, and we had dogs by December. And, um, and we, we gave them away. And just reach out your hands towards us. <laughs> but we, yeah, we miss those little beasts. They're just so, so cute. There's just something about a, a, a dog. And um, their little faces, and they're just fuzzy faces, and their little paws, and their breath. <laughs> but um, anyway, now that they're gone, if I get that urge, you know, you just, you just need, need to uh, see something cute like that. I've been watching YouTube with animals. It's been a glorious discovery for me. It doesn't cost a thing. No dog food, no mess, no nothing. But oh, I tell you, I, I, not, it's just not been dogs. I've even discovered within YouTube, I even like cats. <laughs> I've never been a cat person, but with YouTube, I have discovered that cats can actually be a very cool animal. Some of them are really, really smart. And then, um, last night I was trying to get Tony to watch this one with me on YouTube of these um, panda bears. Have you ever watched panda bears? It spent time watching panda bears. It's worthwhile. And um, they're just the cutest thing. You just, you just want to have one or some. They're just the most darling things. So, but um, some animals and some of the things that they get dogs to do, they just think these animals are so smart. This little puppy, they were throwing, uh, it was a little young dog in a, a soccer net, and the little dog was standing on its hind legs and catching balls. Ours never were that smart. Smart, but the thing about it is, uh, sheep have never been accused of being smart. And um, so when we find ourselves in this verse of Scripture, it is a position that we take, even though we acquire skill and intelligence, maybe in our field or our area, for God to be our source, we have to realize that Intelligence, skill, experience, even years experience, never does replace God from being the source. We never become the source after a certain amount of, of intelligence. No, where God is able to be our shepherd so that we don't end up wanting in an area of our life is when he's the shepherd and we're the sheep. We stay in a place of humility to be able to receive from his, from his provision. And so if you go here, and we're going to look at, at the next point that we want to make, and it is God's ability to provide. We could say it this way, even God's resources to provide. Because, uh, because there may be a, a desire in you to provide for somebody you love, your kids, or something else worthy, and you want to, but you just don't have 
all the resources that are necessary. Have you ever had a desire to give that wasn't as, uh, that was a lot bigger than your bank account to be able to give? I think we've all experienced that with our kids or with other people that we love. So what is God's reservoir that he's able to give out of? And we want to see this. In, in uh, Psalms 24 in verse 1, it said, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the fullness thereof. So part of God's reserve or his resources that he's able to give out of, if he's our source, how, how big is that source? Is he having to just say one for you, 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 and don't you take too much here. You, you already were in the line. No more for you until next week. Does he do that? No. Does God have enough to be able to keep on giving? What is his resources to be able to keep on giving? Well, this verse of Scripture said, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. I was just listening to something yesterday, and they said that all the resources that are in, this, in the earth, the, the oil, the uh, minerals, the diamonds, gems, gold, silver, all of those wonderful things that are in the earth, God knows exactly where all of those are. They said, they said that if it was dimmied out to every single human being on the earth that every person on the earth could be a billionaire by the resources that are in this planet. That's amazing. Well, God must know where some stuff is that we don't know. That's the deal. Amazing. He does know stuff that we don't know. He knows where things are that we don't know. He is the great shepherd. He is the source. This earth is the Lord and everything in it. That's part of his resources, but let's look at another resource. Philippians, the fourth chapter in verse 19. Familiar for us for a promise where, um, for a provision. And it says, my God shall supply what? All your need. And look at, to this according to what his riches and this one doesn't say in the earth this one says according to his riches in glory so not only do does God's resources include everything that is in the earth but God's resources include his riches in glory by Christ Jesus well that's incredible that is, that takes, that takes the limitations off of everything. Now let's look at another thing. Let's look at God's desire to give and to provide. Because there can be people who, that you've known, maybe you've experienced this yourself. Maybe you did have the resources, but you didn't have the desire to give to somebody who needed them. Maybe somebody has the, the, the resources or have had the resources to help you and they didn't give them. Well, we, know, we know what that feels like. You just think, you could help me if you would. 
You could do so much if you just would. You say you love me, but hey, yoo-hoo. So if God has all these resources in earth and in heaven, there's nothing that he doesn't, he is not able to give, then what about his desire to give? Does he want to? Well, let's look and see. John 3.16, and Bella read it this morning for our um, offering this morning, last week in the first service, Benny did too. This verse of scripture never gets old. It is, it's our theme, it's our story. It's the reason we have redemption. It says, for God, what? He loved the world that, and as Benny said, was saying last week in the first service, that from heaven, he said, I so love you. So, you know, I'm just telling you, I love you. Love y'all. You pathetic things. Love you. Blowing kisses to you. Hope you're all doing good. That isn't God. God so loved the world that the greatest thing that he could give is actually was not like a chunk of the gold that he paves the streets off of. He, he doesn't, the greatest thing that he could give, the most valuable thing that he was to give was not uh, currency or something like that. What came out of the bosom of the Father for us was his own son. And what motivated him to give Jesus was what this verse says, love. So when we talk about God's desire to give, the reason he has a desire to give is because not just he loves, listen to this, the scripture tells us about him, he is love. Well, what does that mean? There are different Greek words that are the word love. They carry different meanings. We say love, but in the Greek, there are different words. Uh, agape or agape, every which way you say it, is God's kind of love. And so uh, we love to talk about God's kind of love. It's unselfish. It's unconditional. But I also like the Hebrew word for love. The Hebrew word for love is ahava, and it means to give. So when you say, I love, it's not because of what you give to me. The word love literally means to give, and nothing is even mentioned. I love you because I love your eyes. I love you because of how, much, how you make me feel. That is not even the meaning of the word love. The word for love in Hebrew is simply give, 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 perpetually give. God is love. He's perpetually giving because he is love. Does God desire to provide? He can't help it. He must provide. His heart of love demands that he gives. His satisfaction and delight 
is actually when we receive what he gives. Psalms 35 and verse 27 said, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say every once in a while, let them say, how often, let me, I'm asking you again, how often? Yeah, say it a lot. Continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God loves it when we are blessed. God loves it. It makes him happy. So there's such an awful religious image of the, of the Father God, of what he must be like. And he's sitting on this mountain of, re, of resources. He's got everything. And if you do every, just everything just exactly right, maybe he'll flick a little morsel your way. I know none of us see him like that today. But that can be a religious or a, a whack concept of God that he's, he's big and burly and got great big eyebrows and they're, they're mad and his hand is just flinching to look for an opportunity to smack you. Or that he's just a big a blubber, Java the Hutt type of a... That's an awful way to think about God. <laughs> but he's got a lot of resources, but you've got you to gotta beg, please, please, please. You know what? That is so not our God. According to the scripture, he is love, which means give, and that is perpetual like a river, like a waterfall of blessing and life and giving and help and strength and whatever he has, he is looking to give. The one who wants to be our source, our personal source, not only does he have the capability to give, but he also has the heart to give. You know, 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter and verse 7, a familiar giving verse of scripture to us, it says the Lord loves a what kind of a giver? A cheerful giver. One translation said he's not, he's not willing to do without a cheerful giver. But I thought about this just yesterday. I thought if the Lord says that about our giving, that he's looking for a cheerful giver, do you know what? Who's the most cheerful giver of all? <laughs> He's happy. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive, and he's the biggest giver of all. You know that our God is a happy God. When you come into the throne room and you come boldly to receive mercy and find grace, you're not looking at somebody that's mad and, and, and twitching, just looking for something to set him off. You're actually looking at somebody who's happy, happy to see you come, happy for a reason to give. My God loves to bless me. God loves when I'm blessed. Praise God. Say that. God loves to bless me. And he loves when I'm blessed. 
Now I want us to go back to what we were looking at in Philippians, the fourth chapter in verse 19. It's a familiar verse of scripture, but I want us to look at it again. Notice that it says, my God. Notice that it doesn't say, my job. Hmm? My job, my super, my, my friends, my relatives. Doesn't say that, will supply all my need. It says, my God. Now, whatever you look to as your source becomes what you receive from. And the reservoir and the reserves that you draw from. Um, if you'll put up the, the triangle. And so what God, as our source, wants to be and has the right to be because there is no lack in him, there is no end of supply in him, is this place right here in our life, the source of everything that we have need of. Because in this place, he is able to bless anything that is under him. Now, keeping him in this place right here, he is not in this place. Listen, to guys, I'm talking about being the source, your source of, of provision. He is not here because you are in a chair in this room today. Not. He is not here because you even read your Bible. He is not here because... I know it sounds wild, but because you're a Christian. That does not make him your personal source of provision. So we're going to look at some things that makes him your source of provision. Okay? Now, God does uh, in his supplying all of our needs according to his riches in glory, and he's got a vast supply. There's no end of his supply. But what God does in his supply is use channels to get that supply to us. The channels can be very common, just a very common source of supply. A job is a, uh, not a source, a channel of supply. He'll supply a job, not as a source, but as a channel. But how easy is it to switch our confidence and our expectation and hope from him to the channel? And I'll tell you one reason why it's easy to, to switch from a God that we cannot see we cannot touch. We, we, we can't hear him with these ears. Our senses don't connect. How we engage God is with our heart. But when God gives a channel or supplies through a channel that you can see, that you actually see the paycheck in your, in your bank account or when you see... Um, um, the finances or the means or the, the help come through, through whether it's the government or through a family or through a friend or through whatever way it is. It's so easy to take the expectation uh, uh, off of God 
and elevate your job to be, or that channel to be up there. And you know what happens when that happens? Even giving gets a little weird. Because Hebrews, the seventh chapter in the seventh verse says, is that the lesser is blessed by the greater. So whoever is up here, whatever is up here, if it's God, then God blesses what's underneath here. If you elevate that channel to sit up here, and God is demoted to someplace down here, then even giving is like, is like um, ticking off the list of people you need to pay. I need to pay my tithes, need to pay the rent or the, the mortgage, gotta pay the gas, the electric, and, I, and, oh, and then there's God. So we pay him. He's just in the list of payees. You see what I mean? Well, if he is down here, and you elevate your source to be up here, then your source becomes greater than God. And when that happens, you're in a whack place. Because the source of all supply is not in a position in your life to be the supply. Something has gone whack. God's resources are so unique. He can use, he can use like those ways that I just said, those common things. But his, they, they go beyond. Uh, he, he can move on different hearts. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a prophet that was going through this, this uh, town and, uh, on a regular basis, and he moved on a, a widow to open up her heart and her home and provide food and a place of lodging for that prophet. Do you know what the Lord showed me yesterday when I was praying over this for us? Is after she opened her heart and her home in a generous sort of way, you know what God put in her arms? Something that no one else could supply, and that was a child, because she was barren. God never, when you open up your heart to trust him, he never robs from you. It's always a way that he can do his heart of love <laughs> and give to you. There are uncommon ways, too. There are uncommon ways that, uh, that people were blessed in the Old Testament. It is uncommon. It is uncommon for birds to come and feed you. We were on Mount Tambourine a couple weeks ago or three weeks ago with the uh, Jeff and Beth Jones, and the, a lady up there was feeding a kookaburra some meat. That bird was fat. And um, so it isn't uncommon for a person to feed a bird, but it is uncommon for a bird to come and feed us. And that is the kind of resources, that is the kind of channels that God has at his disposal. He got a bird to come and feed the prophet. Amazing. There are so many stories in the Bible of all these uncommon ways, all the way down to then just supernatural, inconceivable ways, like bringing bread out of heaven and a water out of a rock. <laughs> how would you even know how to expect that? 
How would you expect that? If we were out of water, you might think of the normal, you know, channels of how it could come, and maybe rain, or, or, or maybe somebody could come from someplace that did have rain and, and water and haul it in or something. We would think, move on somebody's heart to bring water like that. Well, how about God just saying, hit the rock and it'll come out of the rock? Wouldn't even think of that. I'm just saying, in this room today, God has channels that he wants to bless our lives with that you haven't thought of. Does anybody agree with this? Could it be that God has ways of getting his heart of love provision to you that all he needs for you to do is not be locked in on the channels, but raise up a bit higher and look at the provider, the giver. He is the giver. Now, what are some ways that we can, what are some ways that we can put our trust in him? Go to Jeremiah, and let's look at this uh, last portion of scripture together. Jeremiah 17 and verse 7. It says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord. And look at this last, look at this next phrase. And it says, have made the Lord their hope and confidence. It's not just a given, not just an automatic, just because you know somebody that trusts in the Lord doesn't mean you do. It's personal. It's a personal relationship. And it's not a once in a lifetime. It is on going. Why? Because the nature of being in this body, the, uh, Psalms 119 says, is that our flesh cleaves to the dust. In other words, our expectation moves down like with gravity. We look at God, and over time, because of things that we can see and feel and taste and touch and smell, we, we lower our, our expectation. How do you keep it up? How do you keep your expectation and your confidence and hope in God instead of in a channel that he has used before? Because maybe he wants to use a fresh channel. Maybe he wants to keep blessing you through your job, but he wants to do something in addition so that the job doesn't become your source. <laughs> I'll give you an example. He has, he has ideas. He's got creative ideas. He's got discoveries that are to be made. God knows everything. I was in, in Brazil a couple weeks, two or three weeks ago, and there was a young guy in the church, and God gave him some technology. And he's, you know, he, he's making, making huge money now. He was just a kid that got an idea. Do you reckon God has any more ideas? Do you think he has any discoveries that are to be discovered? He has them for us. If we'll unlock our attention and our hope and our confidence from off of known channels that we've elevated to be our source, knock it off. <laughs> Let's put our attention on God. He is Jehovah Jireh. 
He's the provider. He's the great shepherd. Praise the Lord. So let's look at this. Application to this. Number one is make and keep God as your source of provision. How do you do that? How? How? Well, you worship him as that. Acknowledge that God is your source. I'll tell you another way that really, really helps is the right kind of giving, giving with the right purpose. Giving to acknowledge God. That, uh, tithing isn't just, you know, we just need your money. We just need your money to keep stuff happening, keep stuff going. No, then that's like flicking God a, a gold coin. Here you go. Shh, be quiet now. Don't have to pay attention to you now for another. No! Tithing honors God and says, God, you are creator of everything in heaven and earth, and you are my source. You put him up like that on purpose. I was watching some exercise on, on YouTube, and it says, if you, this is a common mistake that if you do this exercise this way, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do for you. And I was doing it the way that they said was wrong. I thought, oh, <laughs> that's the reason why it hadn't done anything. The other reason is because I wasn't doing it all the time. But anyway, <laughs> it's amazing how just a little tweak of, of different positioning maximizes the exercise. We give, but why don't we maximize our giving by doing it to honor God as our source? On purpose, put everything in your life under him and under his provision. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the next one. Number two is know and be convinced of God's principles for provision. That's one rise reason why uh, we're having this uh, series. Is Sometimes we know these things, but uh, we, we, we just lost it a little bit. We got a little bit fuzzy on it. So God wants, hey, he wants, he wants to be so happy in blessing you. Sometimes it's just a little tweak here, just a bit of a tweak there, just sorting that just a little bit so that our, our, our arms are opened up wide so that he can bless us. All right? Number three, act on those principles. Believe, give, speak. In other words, use your, use your faith. Say what the Bible says about your finances. But listen to this. Say what the Bible says and what is true about God. I will say of the Lord, Psalms 91 says of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in him. I won't just think it in my heart. I'll say it. Say this, God is my supply. He's my source of supply. And he can use a myriad of channels. Well, you don't, you don't okay, that's enough. He can use a myriad of channels. But he is the source all right speak follow the leading of the lord 
And we have a book on the, on the table. Tony uh, brought it to your attention, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit's not leading us into disaster and into poverty. The Holy Spirit is wanting to lead us into places to open up to receive these rivers that are coming. I don't want to be a rock in the stream that it goes around and goes over. I want to be open and say, oh, Huh? Because whatever, whatever comes into me as a river can come through my life. Huh? As a river. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, uh, then I wanted to let you know too about this because we can't, we can't say everything in just six weeks of principles. But uh, I, was, I felt in my heart to look at uh, an impact conference that we had in April uh, 2015 in Mark Hankins. Um, it's on our website. Go to our website, the podcast. If you'll go in the, in the ones that are past in 2015, uh, Mark did one on prosperity. It's like a table there. And there's so many good uh, resources to look at and be blessed with. But these are just two that I felt is really important to this house. The second one is um, Keith Moore. Keith has a lot of wonderful resources on this subject of God's provision. But there is uh, one series that I want to bring your attention to, and it's Abounding Ability. Okay? Look at that up there. Abounding Ability. And it gives the heart of God to us, and listen to this, and the heart of God to work through us to show his love to other people, which we want to do. Glory to God. Okay, so Andy, if you and your team will come. Um, God is our source. But he, he's our source because we make him our source through our faith in keeping him there, through our heart of worship that is expressed not only in word, but also in giving, in honoring God. I trust you. I trust you. That's what giving is a proclamation. It can be, if it works the best for you, is a proclamation of trust in God. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I'm gonna, I want to just pray for us over this offering, this, or I mean not offering, but over this message. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that is here, for every individual, for every couple, for every family, for every home that is represented. You know the thoughts and the purposes that you have for every person here. And those thoughts and plans and purposes could never be achieved without your provision. It's bigger than our ability to bless ourselves. Your plans for us are bigger than the channels that we are familiar with, that we look to so readily, that we depend upon. Your Thoughts and plans for us to make us a blessing are bigger than us. 
they're connected to you. I ask you, Father God, for people in this room, as we look to you, as our eyes are set upon you, our faith and our trust is put upon you, oh God, that fresh ideas are going to flow. Can you agree with me on this? Fresh ideas, um, new thoughts, new ways, uh, ways that have sabotaged our increase would drop off and and thoughts and ways of God that enable us to be blessed of God so we can be a greater blessing. That we would come to know your thoughts and ways. Creative, creative thoughts coming from God. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.